is the Main Event Boxing Podcast, and here's your host, Ben Damon. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Hopefully everyone's doing okay in a very strange and scary year. This is my first episode back in the studio since the outbreak. And if you didn't hear the isolation chats with Barry Michael, Daniel Geel and Paul Briggs, then please go back and have a listen. They were entertaining conversations and were very well received as well. So thank you to everyone for their feedback. Please, if you haven't already, give the show a five-star rating. Leave some feedback. It is appreciated. The good news now, of course, is that we finally have a very big fight to look forward to. It's on main event Wednesday, August 26 with Jeff Horn to face Tim Zoo in an all-Aussie super fight. And today's guest has a unique perspective on that bout. He's fought one of them twice. He'd love to fight the winner, but he also has some interesting goings-on in his own career. And it is a pleasure today to be joined by former Commonwealth champion and a man currently ranked seven in the world at middleweight by one of the sanctioning bodies, Michael Pretty Boy Zarafa is my guest today. So, Michael, how are things? How have you been coping with what has been a very, very strange year in 2020? Uh, look, it's been crazy times, um, you know, obviously with the pandemic that's happening. But um, I'm trying to stay positive and, and just training away, obviously just by myself with the team and, and just building in the gym and uh, waiting for that green light to get back in there and, and putting on a show. Exciting for Australian boxing that finally we have a fight to look forward to with Jeff Horn and Tim Zhu. Fair to assume that we'll be hearing a fair bit from you in the lead up to this one. You'll be jumping uh, to get involved. 100%. And you know, I'm not even doing it for the cameras or the media. You know, I just believe I, I've earned my shot. You know, I've been all around the world and, and fought the best in the world. And you know, I've beaten Jeff Horn, and we're one apiece. You know, we've got unfinished business. And you know, Tim Zhu, like I keep stating, you know, if he had a last name that was Smith or Jones. Uh, we wouldn't even know who, who Timmy is. So they'd be saying Timmy who, not Timmy Zoo. What's your um, association been with Tim Zoo? I know there have been conversations about a potential fight a number of times. How do you look back on uh, those negotiations and what happened? Oh, look, you know, we've been contacted. We, we got a call saying that, you know, he wants to fight us and whatnot, and we, we, were, we were up for it. We said no worries at all, but, you know, we call him the magician down at our gym because every time a fight approaches, he disappears. You know? So <laughs> numerous of times he's... He's, um, you know, called me out. He had a four-fight plan, which you were aware of, and I was in that four-fight plan, and, you know, he stuck the three out of the four of those fights, and he ducked me. He's, he's jumped me and moved on. And, um, you know, that's just... It's wrong. You know, you can't call yourself the best in the division and, you, you know, set a four-fight plan and not fight and stick to it. So, for me, I just think, uh, you know, he's overrated. He hasn't really done much in the sport. Um, you know, take nothing away from him. He's, he's not a bad fighter, but he's just not in the calibre that I'm in or, or Jeff Horn. Um, for that, for that matter. Oh, so you think that Jeff Horn should be a pretty heavy favourite for this fight, then? Hundred percent. You know, me and Jeff don't really, you know, we, we haven't seen eye to eye, but um, you know, I'm going to have to agree with him on this on this fight. You know, he, he as much as people say he didn't beat Manny Pacquiao, beat Manny Pacquiao, and he, you know, we're one apiece now. He's been in there with Crawford, and he has fought some really tough, durable guys, and he's a world-rated fighter and a former world champion. So the fact that he's going in as the underdog is just it's just wrong. I mean, how what has what has Tim Zhu done for for Australian boxing or boxing for that matter? In, all around the world, he hasn't really fought anybody. He has fought some tough guys in in Dwight Ritchie, you know, rest his soul, and, and a tough Joel Camilleri. But other than that, he hasn't fought any 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 world class fighters. Do you think? I believe he lost the fight. I believe he lost the fight against Wade Ryan. 
Yeah, right. Um, do you think that um, people just look at the surname uh, when they look at him fighting, or do you, do you believe that he has ability to become a, a truly great fighter? Uh, at the moment now, all they're rating him on is his last name, uh, and, and it's wrong. I mean, it's, it's probably stressful for Timmy as well. You know, he's got big shoes to fill. His dad's a legend in the sport, and I don't think he'll ever be as good as his old man. But, I mean, at the moment now, you know, people are rating him on, on Tim Zoo, Tim Zoo, Tim Zoo, and it's like, hey, what has he done? You know, he hasn't done anything. So, you know, people are saying he's going to knock out Jeff Horn, he's going to knock out Zerath, and he's the most dangerous man in, in, in Australian boxing. And so, mate, I just I find it you know, a little bit disrespectful, to be honest. And the fact that he's calling me out and not, not following through, I leave my name out of your mouth then, you know what I mean? So were there any conversations um, after this plan was set in place and Tim started to um, make his way on main event in particular with your camp to make that fight happen between yourself and Tim Zhu? Or was it once he, he graduated to main event, is your thinking that they walked away from the idea of fighting you? Well, yeah, pretty much. You know, like my, my manager and, and team, you know, Sam LeBrun and Brenda Burke, you know, they've been back and forth, um, you know, talking to his team and... Um, you know, there was about three or four occasions where we said, yeah, we've got the fight. And then they were like, oh, no, 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 we were, we were booked in. And then he sent a video saying, um, you know, he's, he's done his hands. And then, you know, three weeks later, he's fighting somebody else. You know, he was sending photos of his hands and whatnot. And um, it was just all rubbish talk. And then, um, yeah, it's like four weeks later, he was in the fight. Three to four weeks later, he was fighting. So he told us that he was out for months and then ended up and, and couldn't take the fight. But then was in the ring fighting four weeks later. Okay, well, we've established you're no fan of Tim Zhu. Um, Jeff Horn and you have a, uh, an interesting relationship. Those two fights last year, I guess the fact that he did decide to take on you and you won that fight and it was essentially a breakout fight for you in Bendigo as well, you have to have some fondness for, um, for that decision and, and what uh, he gave you essentially and the ability to beat him. 100%. Like, uh, you know, me, me and Jeff, we have a weird relationship, like, like we stated, but... I mean, you can't take enough and away from him. Um, you know, he, he's done things that other athletes and other fighters wish they could do and have the opportunity to do. So, you know, credit to Jeff and his team. Um, but again, I believe I'm the better fighter. And, you know, anyone that watched that second fight, you know, I stopped him in the first. And then anyone that watched that second fight, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of question marks. But, you know, I'm humble in victory, humble in defeat. And we're one apiece. And we need to settle it in the third. You know, Australia wants that fight. You know, everyone's saying, even on you know Facebook and Instagram, everyone's saying, you know, um, there needs to be a trilogy, um, and it's, it's great for it's great for boxing, Australian boxing, and it was one of the best fights everyone's ever seen. So you know, me and Jeff, when we rock up, we rock up to fight, and we don't just throw off, you know our father's last, last name. We'll talk about the Brisbane fight in just a moment, but the Bendigo fight, um, what an emotional night for you. What a, a breakout performance. Uh, even though you've fought around the world and done some magnificent things, that was the fight that really put everyone on notice when you stopped Jeff Horn. How many times have you watched it back and um, what do you think happened in that fight? How did you manage to beat Jeff Horn that night? Uh, look, you know, I knew 12 weeks prior to that fight when we got offered that I could beat him. I knew, you know, my team weren't really fond of taking that fight because at the, at the time we had big offers overseas, you know, big, big world title, you know, opportunities if, you know, the fights went our way. But, um, you know, I said, look, Sammy, you know, and the team, I said, I can beat Jeff on, I know I can beat Jeff on, and I'm going to knock Jeff on out. And um, I was willing to fight, I was willing to fight him free because I knew I could beat him and I uh, had this vision in my head and I went out there and, and put it all out there and, and it went my way. And, um, you know, in the second fight, it was just unfortunate. It was the same Jeff Horn. It was just a different one because Rafi, you know, no excuses, credit to Jeff Horn. But um, I know it was just, I was just a little bit off you know, and, and that's boxing you can't always be on, but, um, you know, that's why it's one all now and you can't walk away without a third. So you think that there was no improvement in Jeff Horn between Bendigo and Brisbane last year? It was simply what uh, you put forward? 
Look, I'll be completely honest. It was the same Jeff Horn. Um, you know, in all of his fights, it's, it's always the same Jeff Horn. And I, I don't, I don't mean that disrespectfully to Jeff. It's just that's just his style. Um, you know, he, he doesn't. He only has one way. He's very unorthodox, a very um, a rugged fighter. He's tough as nails, and you can never rule Jeff out. But um, I truly believe it was just a different Zarafa. It, it, just a different Zarafa, yeah. And what was the difference in you then? What what had affected you between Bendigo and Brisbane? Um, look, just the preparation was great. Um, it was more just a, a mental thing for me. Um, I kind of, I don't know, I just I just felt a little bit off, you know. And walking out there, it was just you know a different crowd. Obviously, when I walked in, Bendigo was kind of neutral. You know, I had the, like, my home crowd behind me and stuff. But walking out there, I know it was a little bit of a, a rougher, a rougher arena, and and just you know a little bit of uh, pressure that I just you know didn't cope too well with. But um, yeah, look, I found my way in, in moments of the fight. But um, the other times where I, I let Jeff kind of pick his shots in between. Take us back to round nine of that fight, which has become um, one of the legendary rounds of Australian boxing. Uh, do you look back on that round? As a, a great round of boxing, or is it um, is it something that uh, annoys you seeing what happened in that round, or, or how do you look back uh, being the, the part that you played in, in what went on? Yeah, oh look, it definitely upsets me. It definitely annoys me. Um, you know, even speaking to other referees, you know, they said, mate, you know, you got stitched. You know, I've spoken to uh, other Aussie referees and and just over everyone overseas. You know, like down at Wildcard and um, you know some other other trainers and, and promoters, and they just said, you know, that. It should have been stopped. You know, I remember halfway through that round, I actually said to myself, oh my God, I've done it again. I've stopped him in round nine. And I was confused as to why the ref wasn't stopped in the fight. You know, he was out on his feet. You know, he's even said it after his press conference. He said, you know, that round nine, I hated he had me in that round nine. And, you know, I was hitting him with, at will. And then, you know, the ref in between stops the round and says, mate, he needs a rest. And then, the, you know, the doctor comes, wipes his cart, fixes it up a little bit, you know, gives him momentum to come back out, you know, so... Unfortunately, it didn't go my way, but um, you know it, it is it's hard to watch, and you know it's disappointing because now this should be me fighting Tim Zhu or, or bigger opportunities. You know, I had Murata on the card as well for, for a world title. Um, so look, it's delayed my my, my fight a little bit, but um, he can't run forever. Like I said, there's got to be a time. Unless he retires, um, he has to fight. There, there has to be a third fighter, or Tim Zhu has to step up. You say it's hard to watch, or it would be hard to watch over and over again because it's difficult to avoid um, what happened in that fight. You would have seen it a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. And again, take nothing away from Jeff. You know, he's, he's tough as hell, and he come out and bowled me with that big overhand. But that's again, I, I put that down to the referee. Um, you know, obviously, I lost momentum. You know, I, I was hitting him at will, and I wasn't. I wasn't planning on stopping. You know, I had enough energy to keep throwing punches, and then. You know, that ref, he was he was gassed. Jeff was gone and gassed. And obviously that minute that they gave him off, you know, gave him enough power and enough strength to bowl one over. And obviously the momentum I lost and the, and, and the luck got me straight on the chin. And, you know, I showed hard. I got back up and finished and, and won that 10th round. So <clears throat> it's just unfortunate. And, um, again, you can't walk away from a, from a one-all from a one-all battle. You know what I mean? You need to settle it in the third. How did you get up from that right hand? Ah, oh, this is the world of one. It was, it was a big, it was a big. I remember when he landed, I just, it just saw black, and I thought, oh no, just get up, Mick, and yeah, it was tough. And um, but like I said, the the will was just, I had to get up, and yeah. so I was just telling myself, you know, it's not over, it's over, Mick. So I just get back up, and you know, he come again, rushing at me, and, and that second knockdown wasn't a knockdown. I tried to tell the rest, but the ref was like, nah. So I truly believe that ref was against me. And then now looking at it, you know, he, he referees all Tim Zoo's fights, so. 
I don't know, I'm a little bit sceptical. But, I mean, it is what it is. That's boxing. It's in the past now. Uh, we only move forwards. And for me, like I said, I want these two call themselves the best in the division. I believe I'm the best in the division. And, um, you know, I want this fight. You know I mean? We've been off the big fights overseas. You know, my manager's in the process of talking with Eddie Hearn and stuff like that. The fight's coming in the top 10. But obviously with the pandemic that's happening, we can't travel. But that leaves me to fight the best in the country, which is the winner out of them two. So, I mean, you know, I mean, they've, they've both called me out. And, um, yeah, the fight's there. A lot of theatre um, around that Brisbane fight. You were talking to Glenn Rushton and to Ben Horn in the corner as well, I think, during that ninth round. Um, what went on there? What was the oh. conversation you were having, particularly, I think, with Ben? Yeah, because uh, I actually remember that. Yeah, I, I was, to be honest, I was just in shock. And um, Ben yelled out to me, and he actually asked me if I was all right. And um, I was just still confused. I didn't know what was going on. And then I said, mate, this is, this is bullcrap. You know, I said, well, what's going on here? And then he was ready to throw the towel in. Um, ben actually yeah. said to him, mate, look after your brother. And he was actually going to throw the towel in. But Russian ripped the towel out of his hands and, and let the fight continue. So, um, yeah, there was a, little, a lot of confusion in that fight. And like I said, to me, you know, so I, I truly believe that there was more to it. And um, it is what it is. You know, I can't, I can't reverse time. But um, for me, I, I just, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Tim Zhu and uh, Jeff Horn. We just have unfinished business. After that fight in Brisbane, um, you split with your trainer, Sam Labruna. He still manages you, but he's not training you at the moment, if I'm correct. Um, he wasn't there for that fight. Uh, what, what was the decision around uh, deciding to go a different direction with your training? Uh, look, it was just, it was just a, a neutral agreement. Like we, we're, we're very civil. Um, we're very close. And, and you know, we talk every couple of days and we're always in communication. It was just... Um, just something different, um, just for just mentally, um, just to, just to train in a different environment and just um, you know being in a, in a new gym and and just gel with new people and learn new things. And I love learning, and um, you know I'm really young and very experienced, so I love learning. And um, you know Sammy's in contact with my team every every couple of days, and like I said, there was no love lost, and uh, that's why I still kept him as, a, as my manager and um, you know with Brendan Burke as well. So to me, it was just a different environment and just mentally, you know, like just the. Um, just, just different environment. Was there anything around the fact that Sam didn't make the trip to Brisbane and wasn't in the corner that night? Was um, was that something that was of disappointment to you? No, not at all. Look, you know, I knew coming to that gym that you know um, Sam's got his um, personal reasons, and that's you know not for me to obviously talk about. But um, you know, like we, we were a very close team, we're a family, yeah. um, and, and you know Blake in my corner, Sam in my corner, it was all the same, and um, we knew what we had to do. It was just, I was a little bit off and, and it showed. And that's why, you know, I won the opportunity for the third fight. Um, if not, I'll um, shut Zoo up. So I'm happy if, if Zoo does get the miracle win, which I, I don't believe he, he can. But, you know, he's proven me wrong before. I didn't think he could beat Dwight Richie and he did. Um, but again, if he beats Jeff Horn, um, you know, I mean, he can't travel and, and what's he going to do? He can't fight anyone below me. You know, I mean, he can't go backwards. So I'm there ready to go and he's called me out already. So the fight's there. Uh, Mick, you've mentioned the late Dwight Ritchie a couple of times during this chat already. Um, uh, we should talk about the fact that it was the 9th of November last year that we lost Dwight uh, tragically while he was sparring um, with you one Saturday. Um, it was five and a half weeks later that you walked down in Brisbane and uh, took part in that second horn fight. Um, looking back, should you have waited a little while, do you think? Should you have uh, given yourself some more time to deal with what had gone on or did that not impact you at all on the night? Uh, it did. Look, it definitely did. It was the hardest day uh, I've ever had to face in my life and in my career and I hope no one ever goes through what I had to go through that mm. day. But 
Um, you know, for me, I just try to be tough. You know, I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeves and I have a heart of the line. And, and for me, I, I felt weak saying, you know, I needed more time. And, um, you know, look, I, sh- I should have I should have taken some more time and, and, and brought into the next year and, and had a clear head and, and, you know, a fresh mind. But unfortunately, I didn't. And I've learned from that. And like I said, I'm still young, still growing uh, mentally, physically. And, you know, it was just it was just a hard day. And there's a lot of things, you know, that I brought into that fight <clears throat> that, you know, played on my mind. So I just tried to block it all out. And unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. It just didn't go my way, you know. And um, Yeah. Did you think of Dwight during the fight itself? Of course. You know, there was, there, of course, you know, prior to me walking out, you know, the, the last thing that we had was, you know, I gave my brother yeah, the, flag. Um, yeah. the, the flag, you know, and that was just before we walked out, you know, and he, he led, the, led the team with the flag and, you know, and I could see all, even prior to going out, I was reading on my Facebook and Instagram, you know, all his family and stuff, you know. Uh, so there was a lot of, lot of moments where Dwight did pop up and it, it's tough, you know, and, and yeah, me and Dwight, I've known Dwight since I was 14, 15 yeah. years old, we've sparred over a thousand rounds and we were always compete, competing against each other, you know, number one and number two and, um, one of the hardest and toughest fighters I've ever, I've ever, you know, met. He was just an absolute legend. But um, again, you know, I take, I walked in that ring and it was on my own. There's no excuses, you know what I mean? It was just, just a different rapper. Yeah, he was a truly brilliant fighter, such a gifted boxer. Um, can you take us back to that day when um, Dwight passed away in the gym? Can you tell us um, what happened? I've spoken with you about this before, but not uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, look, you know, Dwight, Dwight was a very quiet uh, athlete and, um, you know, the day that he came to spa, I don't know, he was just a little different, a little quiet, a little more quiet than usual and, uh, you know, we didn't think much of it and we just, you know, did our normal thing and we, we always give each other hard rounds, you know, harder than a fight and, you know, it was five, five six rounds in and you know, I hit him with a, with a, a nice clean shot and, you know, he just took a, a few seconds and I just asked him, I said, mate, you are all right? You know, just turned around because he, he, he didn't wear it too well. You know, he just looked a little bit little bit funny and he just backed himself up on the ropes, you know, held his chest and just collapsed. And, um, you know, we all ran down. We were a bit confused on what happened. And then, you know, he was just saying, like, you know, like, what's his chest? You know, he can't breathe and to help, you know. And we all ran down there. We ripped his mouth guard out. You know, we started giving him mouth to mouth and, and whatnot. And then the ambulance ended up obviously rocking up and, and they were working on Dwight for a good half an hour, 40 minutes. And, you know, the, the medic come up to me and just said, you know, look, unfortunately, we're going to have to turn off the machine. He's not responding. So, um, you know, it was tough and he was in the middle of the ring and we all just knelt down next to him. And it was, yeah, it was just terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Oh, it's just the worst possible scene um, for anyone in boxing. And for you to have gone through that, and I saw spoke with you not long after that, but saw you at the funeral and the, how strong you were. Um, it, it just must have been the toughest time of your life. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and like I said, you know, in 28 years, I don't think I've had anything more scary and, you know, just like nuts in my life. And, mm. um, you know, when I spoke to his family and they were so supportive and, you know, that's why I went out there and said, you know what, well, I'm going to take this fight and I'm going to do it for Dwight, you know, and unfortunately it didn't go my way, but that was what got me over the line. You know, I just said, this is, this is for Dwight, Dwight would want me to quit or, you know, to delay the fight, you know. If if it was if he was alive, he'd be telling me, mate, you go out there and you get that win. So and that's why I did it, you know, as well. But, you know, look, you live and you learn. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was. I hope, I hope no one has to ever go through that. that yes, for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of love. Um, at that funeral for you from, from all of the uh, Richie family? 100%. You know, they were beautiful people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thank all of them for, for showing their love and support. Until this day, they still um, show their love and support. And, you know, we raised a lot of money for Dwight and his family. Yeah. And, you know, we tried to do as much as we can because, you know, he had obviously his kids and his family. And, you know, like I said, he was just for his heart on his sleeves. Absolute legend. Yeah, such a tragedy. Um, yeah, well, thanks for taking us back there to, to talk about that, Mick. It must be really tough even now. But um, now we move along to um, what is next in your professional boxing career. Um, plenty of chats. You did mention there's been talks with um, Eddie Hearn about going back overseas. Of course, you've been there, um, fought against Kel Brook and did yourself and your country proud, as you always do, uh, in that fight. And Eddie Hearn himself, as well as all of the matchroom team, said how impressed they were by your performance as an underdog that day, taking him the distance and giving him some real trouble. Uh, they'd like to have you back over there by the sounds of things. Yeah, 100%. You know, so my manager's always working. And, um, you know, he's very he's got a good relationship with all the big promoters over there, you know, the top ranks and obviously the match room, Eddie Hearns and, you know, Isabella. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting at number seven in the WBA and I think I'm top 12 or, or, or 10 in the world. So, um, you know, they definitely want me over there. And, um, you know, we've been back and forth trying to get me, obviously, the best fight um, with someone that's, you know, in front of me, trying to move forward. But it's obviously because of the, the virus, everything's been put on pause. And that's why I've gone back to, you know, Tim Zhu said, you know, I'm doing this for the media and this and that just to get my, my name out there. It's, it's completely opposite. You know, I'll get my name out there through my fights. I don't need to go out there and talk, you know, realistically, Tim Zhu's behind me, you know, in the rankings and, and whatnot. So I don't really need Tim Zhu to move forward, you know, but uh, there's nothing really left for me. You know, I've beaten, I've given the guys in, in my country, you know, your Wade Ryan, your Luke Sharps, all, all these, I've given these guys all the opportunity and beaten them. You know, the only one left for me is, is either Jeff Horn or Tim Zhu. Yeah, you and mentioned that comes down to yeah. whoever wins on that night. You mentioned that you are world ranked at middleweight. You're seven in the world with the WBA at the moment. Um, this fight between Horn and Zoo is at super welterweight. Um, can you get back down there easily? Easy 100%, enough. Yeah. Hundred percent. I can get down to sixty six. You know, they said they want to stay in my lane because I'm too big. You know, the fact that they're going out saying that just looks looks silly on their on their behalf. You know what I mean? So I said that's fine. You know, I've agreed. You know, if you can't come down, I'm not even naturally a middleweight. I, I start campaigns at you know sixty nine kilos. So. To me, I, I'm walking around every day, 74, 75 kilos. I don't really have to lose much. Four, five kilos and I'm down, you know what I mean? So um, I fight better at 69, I believe. You know, the next day I'm a lot sharper, a lot fitter. And um, I believe I can really hurt these boys. A lot of talk and speculation, and um, I don't know if you can shed any light, that uh, perhaps you'll be fighting Anthony Mundine in your next fight. I know there were talks about the fact that it could take place in Bendigo in November. The virus is obviously uh, playing a big part on sporting events in uh, Victoria at this particular time, but how close are you to uh, firming up a fight against Anthony Mundine, and is that still on the cards? Uh, look, you know, if we can't steal anything overseas or we can't steal something out of the, the Horn and Zoo, you know, Mundine has, you know, put up his hand saying that he's going to make the best comeback in history. Um, you know, so he's another fighter that's been calling me out, uh, you know, and saying that he's going to knock me out and whatnot. So for me, you know, Mundine, obviously you can't take away what he's done in the sport. You know, he's dominated two sports and put Australian boxing on the map, you know, and he's a legend in the sport. And I've said since I was, you know, 11 years old that I'm going to knock out and retire Anthony Mundine. So for me, it's, it's definitely a legacy fight. Um, look, I believe I'll, I will win and, and, and convincingly. But, I mean, look, nothing is set in stone until I speak to my team. And, um, you know, obviously we're looking for the bigger fights. You know, we want the best fight. 
and you know I'm I'm young. I'm in my peak now, 28 years old, and um, you know this is this is what we this is what we fight. Why we train so hard. It's why I'm training two three times a day to fight the best and, and try to prove myself um, and, and create a legacy for not only you know my team but for myself and family. So um, look, you know Anthony Mundine, it's it's a possibility, and um, you know there's a lot of little back and forth chat between me and him, and uh, you know a, a lot of arguments. So. If it, if, it, if it does go ahead, you know, I'll be grateful for showing boxing because we both can, well, he can sell a fight and, um, you know, obviously he talks a lot. So um, it'll be good, it'll be good and I'll um, definitely have to retaliate. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine it'll be a good build-up, but um, you can understand why there would be criticism around this fight. As you mentioned, you're in your prime, 28, world-ranked at middleweight, he's 45, a former legend, obviously. Um, we all know what Anthony, the man Mundine, has done in the sport of boxing, what he has done for the sport of boxing in Australia, but he's only won one fight since 2015. Um, y- you can imagine, can't you, the criticism that this fight might get in some quarters if it is announced? A hundred percent, you know, and then that, uh, like, I do understand, but then it brings it back to, you know, I'd rather fight Anthony Mundine, who's, you know, a former world champion and, and done great for the sport, than these other guys that are fighting, you know, guys from Venezuela who, who rank 400 in the world, you know, mm. being Tim Zhu and, and all these guys that are, you know, fighting taxi drivers, you know what I mean? Like, these guys can't even tie up their own shoelace, let alone they're, they're walking around saying they're the best in their division. So, um, for me, look, I, I fight whoever's put in front of me. Um, you know, my job is to go out there and get a W. How... When it's it's sort of some issue, it's just going out there and doing it. So um, whoever's put in front of me, I, I believe you know obviously I've, I've got a loss. Whether it was you know um, it should have gone my way or not, I've got a loss near my name, so I need to get a, a green and a win. So whoever's in front of me, <clears throat> I'll go out there and just do my job. You know, I'm training. I'm training every day, not as if I'm fighting a guy that's you know past his time. I'm training every day like I'm fighting you know the world champion. So. Um, I'm always ready, you know, like I said, I'm always a kilo or two off my current middleweight fighting weight and, you know, I'm only four or five kilos off 69. So I can fight pretty much anyone, anytime, always ready. As a fighter, Mick, do you think about the safety factor of a fight like that, going in against someone like Anthony, who was knocked out pretty badly by Jeff Horn, has, um, has taken a fair bit of punishment in recent years and is 45? Um, there'll be people who say that he shouldn't be allowed to fight. As a boxer going into a fight potentially like that. Do you think about that fact or, or will you simply do whatever you have to do against whoever's in front of you? Well, yeah, look, it comes down to whoever's in front of me. Obviously, I've got to get the win. But like I said, if he if he was failing his medicals and, you know, they were saying he's got brain injuries and broken this and broken that, like, obviously, you know, I've got to look out for, you know, his duty of care as well, you know what I mean? So um, I wouldn't want that fight to go ahead. But, you know, if he's passing all his medicals, and he's out here saying he's going to make the best comeback, you know, to give him the opportunity. Because that's what he said. He, he's already mentioned. He's like, you know, give me the, the opportunity to prove myself. I'm going to make the best comeback ever. You know, he goes, put your balls in line, put this in the line. So, for me, if he passes all his medicals and, you know, he, he thinks he can knock me out, then I'll give him that opportunity. You know, I'll, I'll let my team, you know, um, give him that opportunity if that's the fight that they want to take. And, um, yeah, look, I understand that people are obviously going to say what they want to say, but you can't please everybody. You know what I mean? So, I've got people that, I've never even spoken to me, I've never known me saying that I'll get absolutely murdered by Tim Zhu. You know what I mean? But then it comes back to who the hell is Tim Zhu for? So, you know, it, it's much of a you can never You can never win. You can never win. Yeah. You can never please everybody. Oh, not in boxing. No, that's that's certainly the case. You can never please everyone in boxing. Um, exactly. Uh, Mick, so are you pretty confident that that is the fight that will happen, you against Anthony Mundine, uh, sometime before the end of the year? Look, you know, again, I can't really say you too much, know. but look, yeah, it's leading towards that way of yeah. with my team um, because he's the only one that's really put up his hand. You know, you got guys that, you know, like 
Iman Carlos and Mahoney and, yeah. and these guys. Yeah. But, you know, they're all just trying to, you know, I, I, which I give them credit because I did it when I was, I was starting as well. But, like, you know, these guys, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. You know what I mean? And, and these guys, they're saying, you know, I'll give you 10 grand to fight a 10 rand or 12 grand and put your belts on the line. Yeah, why the hell would I do that? Mm. You know, it's just stupid. At least, you know, Mundine um, or anyone that's, you know, in front of me, there's going to be obviously media, there's going to be a financial benefit. It could be a moving forward to a world title. Um, and I say to these guys, you know, that call me out, I say, man, if you can, promise me, not even if it's money, I said, if you can, because I'm not motivated by money, I said, if you can put a, you know, a, in a contract that beating you will get me towards a world title, I'll fight you. But none of these guys can deliver. So for me, it doesn't make, it just doesn't make sense to fight these guys. And like I said, I've proven myself in my division. You know, I've given all these up and comers and, um, you know, the guys that are in front of me, I've beat. I, no one gave me, you know, I had to do it the tough way, you know, and, and you'd probably know it firsthand because you've been in the sport for, for many years, you know, I never got anything handed to me. Yeah. I had to go out there and, and fight for it, and I've done it tough. I fought, you know, five or six world champions, you know, in their backyard, you know, main event in front of thousands. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I've only had my break against Jeff Horn, and, and my career's only, you know, picking up now when I'm making a huge name for myself. But, um, you know, I never I never got it handed to me. I had to go out there and, and you know, do the, the right way to the ranking system, win the right titles, you know, Victorian title, and, you know, all your regional belts, and, and then I had, to, I had to build myself, you know, and I've been in the sport, I've been a professional for 10 years, and, um, you know, got my break probably earlier than some, yeah. but, you know. It's, it's crazy to think that you're 28 years of age now after what the career you've had. A lot of people would be yeah. happy with everything that they've done, and um, that'd be it, but you've got, how much longer do you think you've got in boxing? Oh, look, I'm still fresh, you yeah. know, and um, I feel I feel great, you know, I, I listen to the body. Um, now, you know, I'm getting the right people. As obviously you, you're, you're moving forward and, and growing in the, in the sport, you know, you get people around you um, that look after the body and, you know, your diet and, and whatnot. So for me, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the best I've ever been and, and I'm maturing as a fighter. I'm getting stronger. I'm, you know, from a boy, I'm becoming a man. And um, I really feel like the best is yet to come. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proving and inspiring and training. Um, my power is going through the roof. And, um, you know, every fighter says, you know, this is the best I've ever felt in every camp. But, you know, for me... This is honestly the best I've ever felt ever. So not even just in camps, just in general. You know, mentally, physically, I believe I'm on another level. And, um, you know, for me, I just, like, I just want the people out there to get behind, you know, the sport. They don't even have to get behind me. You know, I know I've got haters out there and I've got fans, but yeah, I love them all. You know, without the, without the haters, you know, it doesn't make it interesting. So for me, I just want them to get behind the sport, whether it's behind me or, you know, whoever my opponent is. Um, they just... It's good, for, it's good for boxing. Yeah, that's a fantastic attitude to have and not enough people in Australian boxing do have it. But um, you expressed it so well in the ring after that Jeff Horn rematch um, when you would have been feeling uh, let down and hard done by. But um, you must be proud looking back. And I know I was proud of you that night, but um, uh, talking to the crowd and, and answering the questions from me in the ring, the way that you did, showing such humility after what had gone on in Brisbane. Yeah, 100%. Like, people don't, people, you know, don't understand that, you know, boxing is a business. You know, it's the same as Microsoft and Sony. Boxing is not all about fighting. It's, you know, what you do, you know, before it, you know, after it, yeah. outside the ring, inside the ring. And, you know, it's just a business. You know, I've personally got nothing wrong with Jeff Horn. I mean, we don't see eye to eye. And, you know, Glenn Russian's a strange cat. But, <laughs> um, you know, I don't have anything, you know, he hasn't physically done anything to me, you know, for me to hate him. I don't hate anybody. Um, do we get along? No. And, um, but for me, it's, it's, I just love the sport and I try to sell the, the fights and, you know, get people interested in the fight. You know, you kind of have two guys on a table saying, you know, all the best and, you know, God bless. You know, you need someone to spark it up a little bit. And I, I feel like this is what we lack in the sport. You know, the best in, in, in all the combat sports, you know, you've got your, 
your McGregor's, you've got, you know, your Muhammad Ali's, your Floyd's, you've got all these guys that used to talk. And it's not even just to get my name out there. You know, I love doing that through the fights, you know, with, with knockouts or, you know, being the underdog and, and turning the tables around. But uh, it's just to, it's just to excite the fans a little bit, you know. And I, I, I'm not fussed if I'm hated um, because, you know, at the end of the day, people, I do a lot of great things, you know, I, I give back. And that's what it's always been about me, you know, is always giving back. Uh, you know, I give back to the elderly, you know, help underprivileged kids. And, and this is what people don't say, and this is what I don't promote because I don't want, you know, people to think, oh, he's only doing that because he wants to be liked. You know, that's, that's what I do to make myself feel good, you know what I mean? It's just what I do to give back and help people. So, um, yeah, people that listen to this, you know, just if, if anyone needs anything, you know what I mean, just they can always reach out. And I'm, you know, whether you love me or you hate me, I'll always be there to help. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from, obviously, Shane Tuck, one of my close mates who just recently passed away because he had yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, on, I'm only a message away um, for anyone that needs me. Um, you know what I mean? Whether you're, you're following my career or don't, you know, I'd never like to see anything bad happen to anybody. So, um, yeah, like I said, for me, it's just I just enjoy the sport. I just want to create a little bit of a legacy for myself, and that's all. Yeah, a lot of people in the um, Aussie rules and boxing worlds um, pretty sad, obviously, about Shane Tuck. He was a oh, special guy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And I was very close to him, and we actually spoke probably about three weeks ago. And, um, yeah, you know, it seemed like everything was fine. So mm. I feel a little bit sad because, obviously, you know, I, I couldn't do anything to help. And um, he definitely rubbed um, a lot of good vibes on a lot of good people. So he was an absolute champion. Yeah. Uh, so true. Um, yeah, Mick, I was going to mention the, the build-up to those horn fights, um, you being the bad guy. Uh, I probably didn't expect it to go as full-on as it did. Uh, where did that come from in you? I haven't really seen that side of you before. You've, you've shown little glimpses, but that was um, that was very impressive to, to take the ball and run with it the way that you did as the bad guy in a promotion like that over two fights. Yeah, look, you know, I'm starting to... It's only the beginning, to be honest. <laughs> I, um, I, look, it's... It's, I feel like this is what the sport needs. And like I said, you can't... People have been saying to me, you know, even like when I read Fox Tell and, and, and all the comments and stuff, people are saying, bring Zarafa back. You know, like I said, you're going to have people that think otherwise. But, you know, a lot of people that understand boxing and like watching the sport are saying, mate, bring Zarafa back. Like, I watched the, the Horn Zoo press conference and I honestly fell asleep. I was like, mate, this is... This is you were more exciting. <laughs> Thank and, you. And, you know what I mean? And this is what you know, people don't understand. You know, you want a little bit of back and forth, bit of cheekiness, you know... Bag in this, but as long as it's nothing personal, you know. I never said anything personal. I mean, me and Russian probably said a few things that we probably shouldn't have. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you want to spark up the fight a little bit. And, and like I said, when I watched that, um, like I said, you were the you were the most entertaining thing on that interview, mate. So, Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you? How do you look back on all the press conferences in the uh, two horn fights? Uh, have you watched anything back and, and and seen things that you said or any moments? Because uh, yeah, oh, they got yeah. a lot of comments. They got a lot of interest. Yeah. 100%, you know, there's a few things where I'm like, Jesus, I don't remember saying that. But, <laughs> I mean, look, you know, it, 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 it's good for the sport. And, um, like, I mean, I, I don't mean anything personal to anybody, you know, and, and that's why I, I love to alliterate the, the, it's just for the sport. And, um, you know, it's not to try to make a name for myself or anything. It's just a hype, a fight, a bit of excitement. And the more you talk, obviously, the more people want to watch it. And, and you know, it shows. Yeah, a lot of people tuned in, um, you know, the world were watching. And, um, you know, this is what, this is what we need. This is what Australian boxing needs. You know, they need a few fighters like myself. And I believe I'm that guy. And, you know, even guys like Anthony Mundine have said to me, you know, the next guy that, you know, he's going to pass the torch to is the rapper. The rapper was born for the TV. You know, he can talk. You know, he looks good in the suit. He's articulate. <laughs> and the kid can fight. So, um, you know, this is what, this is what Australian boxing needs. I, I really do believe it. You know, everyone's got the story or, you know, like Jeff Horn, 
and I'm not saying this is made up or anything, but you know, everyone's got a sad story, and you know, I was bullied, and I was overweight, and and this and that. You know, I just want to be the baddest fighter in Australia. You know, what I mean, I just want to, I just want the biggest opportunities and go out there and prove myself that I am the best, and I truly believe I am the best. You know, win, lose, or draw. In my head, I think I'm the best, and you know, 28 have tried and 28 have failed. So for me. Um, I just want the best opportunity. I want to retire and be like, you know what, I fought everybody. That's what that's my legacy. I want to know is, you know, I just I fought everybody. I never shied away from a hard fight, and I never will. Um, you missed out on a big money fight with Ryota Murata from Japan when Jeff Horn decided to enforce the rematch clause against you and have that uh, second fight in Brisbane. Um, he still has his version of the WBA world title. I guess um, if you were to yeah, yeah. get through this mundane fight, um, is that the sort of a fight that they try to... 100%. And this is what my team's doing. You know, My team's always working and you know the ones that you don't hear are the ones that are working the hardest. And you know we're, we're back and forth with them. And you know lately, I don't know if you've seen on my socials, Murata's been checking out my stuff, viewing all my, my, my profiles and watching my stories. So, I mean, look, that's a fight we definitely won. I, I truly believe I can beat Marathi. You know, he's very strong, but he's very upright, chin in the air. And, um, you know, look, that's a fight I reckon, you know, switched on to Rafa. He's a very hard person to beat. And, uh, you know, an opportunity like that, I'll, I'll, I'll rock up, giving 110% and uh, shock the world yet again. So, it definitely, and that's what I, I try to say to people. You know, Drew said on the other day in, on TV that I'm just talking because, you know, nothing else is happening. I said, mate, you know, I'm a, I've got bigger opportunities. Tim Zhu, like, I told you, it's his name, you know what I mean? Like, I've got bigger opportunities than Tim Zhu. It's just unfortunate that we can't travel or fight these guys overseas. So, you know, you want to call yourself the best and step up and prove it. Stop, stop using my name to build yourself up, you know what I mean? You've already done that with your dad. So if there's no virus at the moment and you can fight anyone in the world, uh, all offers are open, who's the fighter in the world that you want to fight the most right now? Anyone who's in front of me, anyone, anyone that's in front of me in the rankings, I'll fight. Anyone that's got, you know, going to get me closer to that world title. If they give me a world title tomorrow, whoever's holding that, you know what I mean? Or, you know, I'll, I'll keep chipping away like I have been for my last 10 years of my career, you know what I mean? I'm in no rush. I've, um, you know, I've got, I've got youth, I've got time, and um, I, I love it. Like I said, I love, uh, I love training. I'm just enjoying the journey. And um, but definitely, there's definitely unfinished business with me and Jeff Horn, and that's a must. And Tim Zhu just needs to be, like, I just need to shut him up because, you know, he truly believes he can beat me. And I don't know what fantasy world he's living in. But like I said, if he didn't have his last name, if it was Tim Jones, he wouldn't be even getting these opportunities. He needs his dad's last name to have the opportunity with me and Horn or anybody in that world race list. It's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, you, you're no fan of the two of these guys, but uh, Australian boxing in general is in a fantastic position. Um, you, you've been around for long enough to have seen it in um, some strange places, and it seems like we're on the cusp of something really special, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah, Australian boxing is growing, and, um, and it's what we need more of. You know, we need more um, equal matchups, and this is what I'm trying to say. You know, people are, are fighting guys that have had, you know, 20, 25, 20 wins, and they're fighting a guy from. Thailand, who's had, you know, 60 fights, but only won two of them. You know what I mean? They're wearing their pants up to their throat and they can't tie their shoelace. This is, this is what we, we don't need, you know what I mean? We need more local matchups. you know, guys like, you know, Liam Wilson. Awesome. You know, I rate him very highly. That Hardman, you know, um, what's his name? Isaac Hardman. Uh, Isaac Hardman. Yeah, you know, another guy who's tough and no one just wants to fight. You know, local matchups like him, Joel Camilleri, that should have gone ahead. Um, you know, Brock Jarvis. You know, another a young gun against, you know, Mark Shalee. Yep. You know, these, these, yep. these are good matchups um, that need to happen. But, you know, people are always are either too scared. or And this is, what I, this is what I want the fans and people to know, that I'm not here to talk and, and, and start trouble. I just want the best fight. You know, I want to give Australian boxing 
the best. You know, any fight, you know, everyone overseas has said, even Eddie Hearn said, man, whenever Zarafa's in a fight, it's a war. He'll give the best fight in the world a hard fight. And this is what I want, you know, win, lose, or draw. I just want to go out there and put a, a, an absolute show for the fight fans. And, you know, this is why I'm a fighter. You know, I mean, we're performers, we're athletes, and, um, you know, this is what we need. We need more of it. You mentioned um, Liam Wilson just there. Uh, he's only had a handful of fights. He'll be on this undercard as well, Horn Zoo. Um, how good can he be, do you think? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a big, big fan. You know, yeah. um, he, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very neat, very tidy, and um, he just picks his right shot. He's, he's good to watch. And um, a yeah, huge credit on him. And, and like I said, if he's matched and managed well, um, I think he can win a world title. I, I, I really do. He's, um, yeah, I've got big reps on him. And I, 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 I speak to him, you know, um, uh, through social media and stuff, and we, we, we stay in contact. And um, I tell him all the time, mate, big future. And um, you know, I think, yeah, I think he can win a world title. You were there that night as well um, when he fought on the uh, Jade Mitchell East Van Zilli undercard and threw uh, one of the best left hooks we've ever seen in Australian boxing. <laughs> it was something else, awesome. wasn't it? it was awesome. It was an awesome time. That's what I said. He's exciting to watch. You can never rule him out. He's, you know, he, he takes his time, you know, first round, second round, he ta- you know, he's quiet, and then all of a sudden he just you know, opens up with hooks like that and it's all over. And uh, that's, that's what we need. And that's what I, and this is what I keep, you know, alliterating to the media and, and stuff like that, that, you know, you can't be heard if you're quiet. And, and this is what people get mistaken. People think it's arrogance it's, and cocky. It's just confidence and it's just a belief. And, um, you know, I believe I was born for this, you know. Uh, it's my time. Yeah. Another fight on that undercard is Isaac Hardman against uh, the formerly world-ranked uh, Welsh-Australian Jamie Weech. What do you think about that fight? That's a good fight, yeah. I Look, I, again, I like um, Isaac. He's, um, I just like his attitude. And uh, he reminds me a little bit of myself. And... Yeah, he just he just wants a hard fight. Um, look, you know, Jamie Weech, his experience, and, you know, he's had good camps and been alongside, you know, Dennis Hogan and stuff like that and fought him. And, um, you know, look, it'll be a close fight, um, but I think I think Hardman's uh, power might, might prevail and get him over the line. And what about the main fight then? Take us through how it plays out, Jeff Horn and Tim Zhu. We know that you think that Jeff Horn is going to be too tough and, and win the fight, but stylistically, what do you think is going to happen between these two? Mate, I've been saying it since every time I ask you this question, I say uh, Horn v. Zhu, Zarafa win. So, I mean, if I had to pick a fighter, I'm going to say Horn, um, purely on his, his experience, his toughness, and his unorthodox. But um, look, if, if Zhu... Does get over the line, um, you know. Credit him, but I, I truly don't believe. He, I don't think he can, you know. And he doesn't. He's, he's not an inside fighter, and you know, Horn is that's, that's the best thing he does. So, I'm I'm back in Horn. My money's on Horn. All right. Well, thank you very much, Michael Zarafa. Um, we can't wait to see you back in the ring um, and, and see you back involved at the top level of Australian boxing. And uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, mate. So, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy training this afternoon. And I'll talk to you soon, mate. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. That's Michael Zarafa. Thanks so much for listening to the Main Event Boxing Podcast.